hopefully you guys enjoyed the prayer time as much as uh, we did up front here. So, um, <clears throat> well, so tonight's message I'm going to get into. Um, if you want to go ahead and get your Bibles open, I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And uh, we're going to be talking about Christian warfare. And it goes in, in fitting with the message of Memorial Day. As I said this morning, I'd be bringing a Memorial Day message. So I'm just trying to get my pad open here. Okay, so um, so first of all, Memorial Day, as we all as you all know that uh, you know, just remember everybody that fought for our freedom. Uh, it's an appropriate holiday, you know, because the things that we enjoy sitting in this building, uh, going out, what we do in this country is you know pretty much on the the shoulders of all of our forefathers that fought for our freedom here and and the ones that continue to fight for our freedom to continue to, to sacrifice so much for so many. So uh, I just want to put that message out there. And as you know, me being a, a veteran myself, that, that it's very near and dear to me and Christy and our family because we've lost. I put the uh, on the announcements. I was going to bring it up, but uh, I can't be in two places at one time. But the I did put a slideshow up on the announcements that Christy had made a couple years back that list out personal friends of ours and 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 soldiers that I've known uh, that's gone to be with the Lord. So um, or has died in combat, and so I put that up for the announcements for Memorial Day, and uh, so I just want you guys to remember that as you go on through tomorrow and your days off, that uh, the the holiday is there as a reminder for the ones that are lost and. Please be cognizant of family members that are out at the funeral homes to see their, to be with their loved ones' graves. Uh, so that uh, the holiday never was really that excited that much to me until I actually uh, went uh, to Iraq uh, the first time and then thereafter and thereafter. So it kind of it kind of once you've actually been in combat. It, it really changes the way that you see a lot of things in life. So um, once I was over there, I was able to really struggle with faith, why we were there, to see, you know, I think a lot of people that's, that's experienced it question the same thing as to, you know, the why question. Why does God let stuff happen? Why does God put you in these situations? And we never can know the answer. We never know what God's plan is. We just have to follow it. So um, for a lot of times, it's just, it, it's hard to explain, obviously, while I'm standing up here, but it, it really works on your faith. It works on uh, all that stuff. But the, the joy of it is when you come home and you're with your family and you try try to forget as much as you can that's happened and you just go on with it from there. So um, that's pretty much what what the the holiday is uh, signifying. So for tonight, as we get into that, I want to you know put it back into perspective for all of you out there because not all of you guys is all of me. So uh, but we're all Christians, and 
basically as a Christian, we are all struggling with Christian warfare. And it's just, as I've seen firsthand in real warfare, that Christian warfare is similar, a lot similar. So Paul writes in the book of Ephesians about Christian warfare because we struggle with this. And later on in the chapter, he also talks about certain, uh, you know, the, the armor of God and stuff like that. But I could probably preach many messages on that different stuff and actually break down what each of those things are. But we're just going to sum a lot of this up mostly to the Christian warfare. And I'm going to, I got five different points that I'm going to put towards how regular warfare and Christian warfare, how they intersect and how we can go about uh, getting through the Christian warfare piece. So if you got your Bibles open, we're in uh, Ephesians Chapter 6, verse 10. I'll go ahead and read. Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world of powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. All right, I'm going to stop right there before 14 and go ahead and talk. So, like I said, I could go on about what each piece of the armor of God that he's speaking of, but I think I've already had a message doing that once. So uh, this time I'm just going to go over the five points of uh, how the Christian warfare goes. But in that, you have to have the armor of God because that's what protects you against the, the wiles of the devil and stuff like that. Um, so I guess basically without excuse, uh, we often fail. And the failure is uh, because the devil is very cunning and he is the enemy. So, um, so the first point I'd like to make is, you know, you got to know your enemy. So basically your enemy is not, it's not the people here in the church. It's not fellow Christians. It's not other religions. It's not people. It's not flesh and blood here on earth. That is not what, what your enemy is. It's, it's definitely not your pastor, and it's not um, the people here at the church. Basically, the enemy is the devil, plain and simple. And he's spoken about, and Pastor Jonathan's talked a series on, on the devil and stuff like that. So it's very real enemy that's out there. And he's wandering around, this is his playland, the earth is his playland. So that is what the enemy is. So you have to know your enemy and know that he's, he's trying to get whatever stronghold he can get in your life, in your marriage, in your church life, all that stuff. In your work, uh, there's different ways that he has that you have to understand. But in, in that sense, it kind of makes it feel like, that the enemy is not, a, is that it is flesh and blood. He makes you feel like your enemy is your pastor, your enemy is your fellow Christian, your enemy is a fellow religion, your enemy is all this flesh and blood, when in actually it's him putting that in your head, and then you have to go with it. So you have to know your enemy. You have to, uh, you have to know his devices, the way that he uses it, Apparently, I'm getting older because I can barely read this screen, so I got to zoom in. I apologize. 
So, <laughs> well, yeah. Like, wow, I used to have good eyesight, I thought. All right, so you got to know his devices. You got to know what he uses. And uh, devices being right here in my hand, uh, electronics, the internet, that's a good device that the enemy uses. A good device he uses is hearing because not always am I speaking to you that um, you might hear me say something to somebody else, but it sounds like something else and all of a sudden. So these are devices that he uses, gossip. He uses, um, you know, lust. He uses the Internet. He uses all these different things that, that he lets get in, that you let get in, and it's the devil getting in there. And then once he's got that foothold, he just keeps building on it and building on it. And as the Bible says, the, the Lord can't look on you as a sinner. That's the reason Jesus came and died for us. So uh, as long as he can keep you in sin, then he keeps, the God, he keeps God away from you because God can't be, be with you for that. So you got to know his devices of what he uses, and that way you can fight against that and avoid those things at the least. Um, also, you don't want to underestimate the enemy. So um, we talked about this a lot in regular warfare, and there's studies on it and stuff like that. When we first went into combat, we, even me, I underestimated the enemy because it was just a cultural difference that I didn't know. So I didn't, you know, we're the U.S. Army. We're supposed to be the biggest, the baddest, and the most. We were there, you know, but... We underestimate our enemy because we thought that they were either, you know, behind the times or whatever. And in actuality, it was a very smart enemy. The enemy was very good at learning our tactics and techniques and then improving their tactics and techniques to outdo us, which would make us have to learn new stuff and build new stuff. So that's kind of how you don't want to underestimate the enemy. So the enemy being the devil, you don't want to underestimate that, you know, what are some of the things that, you, that I would say is, you know, well, just this one time. Well, the one time turns into another time and another time. So it kind of, um, that's how you underestimate the enemy that, that you can s just stop. So, and in actuality, once he's building that foothold, he's just causing you to keep going and going and going. All right? And so, so basically... Once you start, then it's a matter of pride. Uh, once the devil's in there and, and, you know, we're all, well, I know I'm, I'm kind of hard-headed. So uh, it takes a lot for me to learn. So it's, it's basically a matter of pride. Like, I'm a guy. And, you know, as a guy, I don't show emotion. You know, as a guy, um, I can handle everything. You know, I put it all, all on my shoulders when actually I can't, you know, there's a lot of things I don't want to deal with, and I don't deal with it very well. So, um, but that's just a matter of pride. You got to get it out of your system, and that way the enemy can't use that pride as his foothold to keep you in a life of sin. Um, then also uh, saying, for instance, I know how far I can go. So basically, you know, you might in your mind think, well, you know, I'm not really swearing. If I, you know, say it in the terms like this, that's not a swear word. But in actuality, if your mind is thinking, well, you have to say it like that because you don't want to say the swear word, then it's technically a swear word. So 
Uh, and I'm not going to go list out any because we've got children in here. All right. Uh, but we all know what we're talking about, right? So, uh, but, but yeah, so definitely uh, that's how the enemy gets in there because he, he lets you say that to yourself. It's like, I know how far I can go when actuality. He's like, oh, yeah, you know how far you can go. And then he keeps going and going until uh, you hit that breaking point. All right. So that was point number one. You got to know your enemy. Number two, uh, we lose communication with headquarters. Um, so anytime you're in war, communication is the key. Communication, communication. Uh, as you're moving across battle space and stuff like that, you have to be in communication with the other people that own that battle space or else, guess what? You're the enemy because anything moving in their battle space they don't know about is probably going to get annihilated. So as Christians, we lose, communicate, we lose communication with headquarters, meaning we stop praying. Once you stop praying then, you know, your, your Christian life is going to start going downhill because that's your communication with God. That's, he wants you to speak to him. He wants you to pray, and that's how you talk to him is through prayer. So you lose that communication. That's another uh, device that the enemy uses because as long as he can keep you away from praying, be it, you know, making you wake up late so you can't really pray or look at your Bible before you leave, that's, that's a device the enemy's going to use because the longer he can do that, the longer he can keep you away from God and the harder it is to get the devil out and God back in because you start getting used to that and, you, and it just keeps going and going and going. So without connection to others, you have no resources available because now, you know, 74 days have gone by and you haven't read your Bible study and stuff like that. It's like you've lost communication with the God above, and that's what the devil's trying to do. He wants to keep you away from that because you're probably going to learn something in that Bible study that he doesn't want you to know, and that is God. That's what he doesn't want you to know. Uh, number three, disobey direct orders. So none of us in Christian warfare should go out on our own to you know try and fight the battle alone. That's uh, you know um, that's just not the way that. The real life happens, and I know there's there's movies out there. Who, I know you reference a lot of movies, and I'm not really up on my movie take as Jonathan is, but but I do know that there is a movie out there that I still to this day do not like. Is uh, and I'll say it's the Hurt Locker because it's kind of like that because you had an EOD agent that was out on his own to save the world, and it's just ridiculous because that's not what they do, by the way. So. Now, some of the stuff that he did in the movie, yes, EOD does, but a lot of stuff that he did in the movie, soldiers don't even do. It's, it's ridiculous. So, but in Christian warfare, that's not what we need. We don't need people going out on their own uh, and taking out, trying to take out the enemy by themselves because it's a group effort. It's a, you got to have your church body. That's the reason we are commissioned to come to this building and, and worship as a body of believers because I know my dad, God rest his soul, was big to say, like, he didn't have to go to church because he could talk to God right there at his house. I'm like, yep, you're exactly right, Dad, you know, and how can you argue it's your dad? So, uh, but in actuality, without having other bodies of believers around, you lose the accountability, you lose the friendships, you, you lose a lot of things that we have in this building that you can't get if you're just sitting at home and, and trying to fight it on your own, so to say, like, uh, Johnny Rambo or something, you know, so it's not a, 
it's not, it's not, uh, it's very crucial that you don't go out on your own. It's actually disastrous if you're going out on your own trying to fight the spiritual warfare alone. Um, all right, number four, you lose sight of the objective. We all know what the objective is. Our mission in Christian warfare, the objective is what the Great Commission is, right? It's in Matthew. We're to go out and we're to tell everybody and baptize them in the name of Jesus and all that. So basically, that's what the objective is, is to bring others to Christ as we've been brought to Christ. That's what the objective. And once we lose sight of that, the enemy likes to use that because now you're just out there and you might look like a good church, you might be a good person, you might be a good friend, but if you lost sight of the objective, if you're, if you're not going out to spread the, good, the, the great commission, then you've lost sight of the objective and that's how you lose your mission in the uh, spiritual warfare. And then number five, we should always be advancing uh, on our battlefront. So basically our battlefront is everything here on the earth. And we should always be advancing and not regressing. So, uh, and we should also be adding to our numbers as we go along. And this isn't new. If you look, uh, but you don't have to turn it there, but reading through the Bible, if you go back to Exodus, all the way back to Genesis, Exodus, the, the Old Testament, that's where they were building these armies and they were always advancing. When, when Jesus, or when God brought the, the Israelites out of Egypt, what did they do? They were going and they were fighting battles and taking land and advancing. And they were doing a lot of whining. I did read a lot of that. So, um, but in actuality, I mean, God was telling them, you know, put these armies together. They put the army of the 12 tribes together. They, they were conquerors basically in, in our terms nowadays, you know. So if you look back to that, they were always advancing because they were going to the promised land that God had promised them, and they were advancing, and they were doing what God had told them to do, no matter if it was the third time that he told them, but they were doing it. So uh, you want to continue to advance and add to the numbers. They were adding to their numbers even in those days as they were taking over the Midianites and all these different places. They would gain believers that would join them, and either it was forced to join them or they would just join them. So, um, but that's what we need to be doing in uh, today's time. We, have, we need to continue to, to advance our battlefront, and right now our battlefront is we're in Shenandoah Junction, and then we can start, you know, start small and work our way out, but that's our battlefront is going out and, and bringing to add to our numbers. So, uh, and basically along with that, not only advancing the battlefront, we also want to be advancing the, the way that we do things. Because uh, like Jonathan had preached before that, you know, two generations ago, it was normal that, you know, Sunday morning, this is where you're at. Well, today's generation, you know, it's, it might be normal just for them to catch the podcast that he put together. I mean, that... That might be normal for them, and that might be the way that they they present that they're with their body of believers is just because they're listening to a podcast and they can occasionally hear other people on there. So you know, it's uh, that might be the way that the generation nowadays is looking at it. So we need to stay with the times because a lot of youngsters they don't want to 
you know, coming to a church that looks outdated or feels outdated or feels boring is a word that, you know, my teenagers use a lot. They're not even teenagers. My seven-year-old, you know, is bored all the time. You know, we're just riding in the truck, but it's boring to her. And it's like, we can't just appear at the next place. We have to actually ride in a vehicle to get there. So, uh, but yeah, the kids nowadays, they don't want to be in a place that's considered boring. So we got to continue to to stay with that and and still keep uh, moving forward on our battlefront. And that way we bring in the numbers, like I had said. So um, in the Army, we actually call it always improving our fighting positions. So whenever we go in and I think in, even in basic training, they were teaching us this. So we go in and set up, we dig our foxholes, and then we got to lay in them for hours. But then what do we do after that? We start improving them. So now you're going out in the woods and you're dragging limbs over and you're making a roof on it. Kind of like Survivor, I guess, if you guys ever watch that. So, you know, you're always improving your fighting position for that cover and concealment. So that's the same thing we have to do at the church is, you know, continue to improve our our fighting position here because that's the spiritual warfare point and we have to continue to to build upon our buildings and stuff like that so we can uh, reach to our community so <clears throat> but in conclusion just know that the enemy is set to devour us in any way that he wants to uh, he's going to use any any means any devices he can use to get into our lives and disrupt our normal, um, our normal praise and worship, and it's not just an individual uh, problem. It's it's a problem for the whole church because he can actually get into churches and devour churches that way too by pitting people against people in churches. Uh, and you know, it might start with a personal attack on somebody, and then that attack spills over into the church. And then that spills out into the community and then the community out into, you know, just chaos. And, you know, it just goes from there and you got the apocalypse happening and all that stuff. So um, but you just got to know he's out there to devour us in any way possible. Uh, once the devil gets in, it's hard to get him out. Uh, but once you realize that what's going on in your life, then the good news is. There's a way to, to battle it. The way to battle it is to go back to Jesus, to put it all right here at the altar, to go back to the cross, you know, and, and pray to Jesus for that forgiveness again and again and again because, you know, you don't just get saved once. You do get saved once, but you, you have to continue to ask because what am I trying to say? It's not you don't just stop sinning once you're saved. You're going to continue to be a sinner because we're all sinners. And even after you're saved, you're going to continue to, to sin because there was only one perfect person that walked the earth and they hung him on a cross. So basically, you have to know, you got to continue to ask for that forgiveness and know that you're a sinner and ask for that forgiveness. So, um, and then we should strengthen each other and build one another up so, so he cannot interfere with our mission or take us as POWs, because that's what he's trying to do, is take us as prisoners of war into that spiritual warfare and hold us and keep us for as long as he wants to do and not release us. So uh, with that, uh, let us pray. Lord, I come to you tonight, and 
I just thank you for these words that you've given us, given me to speak, Lord. And I just hope that it came through to the congregation uh, the way that I intended, Lord, the way that you intended, Lord. And I just pray that um, that the ears that it fell on, Lord, that it made sense. And Lord, I just hope that that you can help build us up as a church, Lord, and help us continue to fight the fight for the spiritual warfare, Lord. And we just thank you for all that you've given us, all that you've done for Grace Baptist Church, all that you've done for us individually, Lord. And I just thank you for, for every day that you've given me here on this earth to spread the word of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And I just pray that, that you be with us as we go on throughout our days. Be with us as uh, Christians that, that, that we are lifted up and that we are held in great spirit, that we can spread the word of your son, Lord. And I just pray that, that wherever we go during this week, Lord, that, that you give us that opportunity to show that we're Christian, to throw, show that we, that the love that we have for, for, for your son, Lord. And I just pray that you keep us safe, keep us, uh, keep us, keep us safe as we go throughout the days at work. In Jesus' name.